listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. We've got another wonderful uh, show today for you, and my special guest today is founder and executive director of Canine Assistance. She's also New York Times bestseller. It's author Jennifer Arnold's coming on board. She's going to talk to us about her latest book, In a Dog's Heart. So we're excited to have Jennifer on board. And, uh, you know, In a Dog's Heart you know, reveals the invaluable and effective information from her training programs, uh, the things she's been successful for for years through canine assistance and working with dogs, but also shares some unforgettable stories of how dogs can bring out the best in us. Us dog lovers, we know that, but we want to hear what Jennifer's take is on that as well. So we're excited to have Jennifer Arnold on the show. We're going to get right into it after this commercial break. So we'll be right back with Jennifer Arnold right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Oopsie. Hey, calm down. I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh-oh. Step on it. Okay. Oh. Not on my tail. <laughs> Pet go where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant nut and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery. Or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. And joining me now is Jennifer Arnold, who has her recently released book, In a Dog's Heart, What Our Dogs Need, Want, and Deserve, and the Gifts We Can Get we can expect in return. So, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We uh, we definitely love the work that you're doing at Canine Assistance, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I want you to tell me a little bit more about the your latest book, In a Dog's Heart. Tell us about the book, and tell us about uh, how you came to write the book. Well, when I was on tour, actually, for um, my first book called uh, Through a Dog's Eyes, I had um, at a particular event, I had a woman ask me what I thought our dogs wanted in their heart of hearts and sort of jokingly 
um, her husband said, and why should I be expected to pay for it? <laughs> and, you know, I thought, I mean, those are those are kind of valid questions. The wife's more than the husband's for <laughs> dog lovers. But um, I, I felt like I could address them both at the same time. And um, I found that people really wanted very specific information. I mean, things like, how do you know when it's okay to let your dog go when, when you have to start thinking maybe about euthanizing your dog or um, how do you pick out a veterinarian? Um, so some of it is very fundamental sort of basic advice. And then I also talk, as I always do, about my philosophy on handling dogs with respect. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what? I'll talk a little bit about that because you said these are basic fundamental things, and they are. These are things, if you have a dog, you have to know how to take care of them. You have to know how to uh, train them and work with them. You have to know what foods are the best things for them, the veterinarians, these type of things. But though they're fundamental needs and things you have to decide, they're tough things to figure out. Yeah, they really are. There's just so much out there, and I think sometimes people who share their lives with dogs just aren't certain what's really important to their dogs. And so that's one thing that, you know, I wanted to talk about keeping dogs safe, you know, how we can keep them um, safe from sort of outside physical dangers, and then how we can keep them safe from their innate dogginess in our very human world. So I talk about things like teaching a gentle mouth and similar important sort of uh, social skills that dogs need to know. Right, because the general math, I mean, that's a big part of it because a lot of the dogs you work with are uh, golden retrievers and, and larger breeds and and we know that they're mouthy. They love to, the texture, they love to uh, chew on the bones, grab the balls, uh, and actually they'll like to mouth your, your hands and your arms as sort of a wave of love and affection. But how do you teach them to be a little bit more gentle in that aspect? Well, one of the things that, you know, we, we believe as we're, we're raising puppies that teaching bite inhibition is critical for any breed because puppies can learn that when their teeth hit human skin, they have to release. And, and they're uh, talking in the book about how you can really help your puppy sort of understand the idea of bite inhibition. And, and then I talk about what to do if you have an older dog who didn't have that training as a puppy and how you can help them, you know, learn to be very gentle um, as they take treats from your hand, et cetera. Now, whether that translates into true bite inhibition in adults or not is something that we're not quite sure of yet, but certainly it's the best chance we have. Exactly. When we talk about your training and obviously your work with canine assistants, your training uh, animals to be helpers and to uh, help serve those that have some uh, physical challenges or even mental challenges. Talk a little bit about your technique because I know it's not the real demanding, uh, the alpha leader being the alpha leader. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about your techniques when training the dogs? Sure. I mean, we are emphatic about not sort of buying into the alpha myth that science has effectively debunked, I think, for us all. And we believe that dogs can learn more than you know, that they can learn beyond sort of operant conditioning where they just respond to stimuli. 
so we we call what we do choice teaching and we encourage dogs to make the right decision but there's no fear or force ever involved so it's positive reinforcement and and the only negative reinforcement we use really is the absence of positive reinforcement (laughs) <laughs> there you go. And, and what is positive reinforcement? Because I think some people think, okay, it, it always equates to a treat, but it's well, not always the case. Sometimes, you know, sometimes positive reinforcement is certainly is a treat, but positive reinforcement is also your smile, your affection, you know, a scratch on the ear, tossing the ball, you know, giving them their favorite toy. It's anything that makes the dog feel good about what they just did. Exactly. You know, I talk to people a lot of times about how you communicate with animals. And, and, you know, I always use a verbal technique, knowing that they understand certain words and understand what we're saying. But I think more importantly, it's that energy factor that when they do something correctly, we praise them verbally. They love to be praised verbally. And then our energy, as I call it, goes up to a higher level, more positive level. And it's very pleasing for the dogs. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening out there, you know, treats are always great. I'm sure they'll love and respond to uh, their favorite treats, but giving that, that verbal praise, giving that pat on the head, uh, doing the things they love to do, going out for the extra long walk or that playtime uh, can be just as effective. Absolutely. Yeah, and I loved your point in the fact that uh, when you were out on tour, the wife wanted to know, what am I doing everything possible for my dog? Am I doing the right things about what is his or her wants and needs? And of course, uh, being a guy, I have to admit, the husband steps forward and says, yes, and more importantly, how do I pay for all of this? Yeah, <laughs> and, clearly. And clearly, he w- had great affection for the dog, too. He just thought in a different way. Exactly, exactly. When you talk about earlier, you discussed about trying to go through the process of doing what's right for your pet, and especially doing the, the right thing when the animal has been sick or injured, trying to make those decisions. Do you have a, a philosophy on that or a way of at least once the animal has made their transition, how people can get through that grieving process? You know, I have seen literally thousands of times how people you know instinctively when it's time to let their dog go. And everybody worries about whether or not they will know. You do. Mm-hmm. Grieving is, and you know, dogs grieve for their people too. I think that first of all, people need to give themselves, you know, allow themselves to to really grieve and to understand that you're grieving for an individual who never criticized you, who adored you every day of his or her life, your grief is going to be huge and it's going to last a while. And, you know, some of us like to run out and have a fuzzy puppy to hold and others of us need to wait a little bit longer. But I think listening to your heart there, you'll know what to do. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. I, I tell my clients all the time that when they're going through this process, I try to to work with them on that to make sure they know their options. But when it comes right down to it, it is a knowing. You have that knowing. And I, and I do believe the animal, uh, you know, the dog in particular, will let you know whether it's a, an outwardly sign, a physical sign, um, or whether it's just that heart connection that the animal has with you. I mean, you say, well, you know, is your dog eating is a big thing. Is your dog still eating? And and if not, has it been more than a couple of days? But it goes beyond that. There is some connection that lets you know. 
Absolutely. And you have that heart connection. And it's hard to explain that, but I think when people have actually gone through the process and when they reflect back on it as part of their grieving process, they do know. They do realize that, you know what, I did have that knowing. I did have that feeling, that connection that it was the right time to, to help my animal out. They trust their instincts more. Now, the book, In a Dog's Heart, uh, you know, there's a lot of wonderful stories around the book. Can you pick out one in particular that sort of shows out how a dog can bring out the best in us? Well, I mean, I can pick one that shows the extraordinary affinity of dogs for human beings and, and why I think we need to honor that. We found a yellow lab mix who was very badly, one of our volunteers found her coming to canine assistance and the dog was had been very badly injured and and the volunteer actually saw someone throw this lab out of the back of a pickup truck. Goodness. And even when she was hurt, she was, you know, she was licking the volunteer and this dog ended up recovering beautifully and is now detecting explosives on the Israeli border. Wow. And I I talked in the book about would Grace, the yellow lab, be willing to put her life on the line for people if she knew what her job really meant. And undoubtedly, she would. I have no question in my mind about that. They are the most forgiving, you know, willing creatures on the planet. And, you know, they have that wonderful heart to want to please us. They love jobs. And when there's one that they're particularly good at, they, uh, they actually enjoy showing us that. And in this case, look at the great dynamics of this. And your volunteer has to feel really good about what's transpired here. Everybody feels good about Miss Grace. Wonderful work. So great story. That's a wonderful, wonderful story. We're going to go to a quick commercial break here, but we'll continue our conversation with Jennifer Arnold right after these messages from our sponsors. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14 carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ice.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ice.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at diamond.com. Ice.com or diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. We're here talking to uh, author Jennifer Arnold about her latest book, In a Dog's Heart. Now, Jennifer, I want to talk a little bit about the book itself, but tell us about what you learned from writing this book, especially this book compared to uh, your uh, previous bestseller, Through a Dog's Eyes. Well, I talked to more Through a Dog's Eyes was more based on what you know we know sort of from the science about how animals perceive the world and what we know of their emotional capacity and their cognitive abilities and and this was more of a hands-on process and and I think probably the most startling part of writing this book was that I worked with an organization called Adopt a Golden Atlanta one of the very large golden retriever rescue organizations in the country and I worked with dogs who were accused at least of of having been aggressive and I found it very interesting that traditionally the approach with dogs who have you know and I mean I I hesitate to even say been aggressive because these are not dogs that did things that were horrible some of them you know, bit people but didn't break the skin. You know, dogs don't have hands, so sometimes they do use their mouths. But Mm -hmm. I think I learned how absolutely intolerant we have become of these sort of normal dog behaviors. You know, I talk about how when I was a little girl, my mother would say, leave the dog alone, she's eating. And that is absolutely, you know, one of the first evaluations now that's done Um, with dogs when they come into shelters or into rescue organizations. And I understand that we need to be sure, as certain as we can be, that people are going to be safe with this animal. But I hate the fact that we don't have the resources to give the dog time to learn to trust people before we test them to see whether or not they'll let us take their bowl of food away as they're eating. Absolutely. You know, and that's very important, especially with, with rescue organizations. You know, I'm the former president of the uh, Humane Society here in Forsyth County. 
And, um, you know, we had a shelter location as well as foster homes. And it was one of the important things we needed to determine right off the bat. But you have to really understand and appreciate what the animal is going through. And the fact that you can't put them in a brand new situation, especially a situation that's a little bit more high-stressed and unsure of what's going to happen. And expect them to know exactly what you want from them and, and how to do it in the way that you want it done. I mean, we're just bossy. <laughs> and I mean, I, I understand that human beings have to be in that leadership role, but to me, it's more of a parenting role. And so it's setting animals up to be successful as much as possible. And, you know, with dogs, that requires that you understand that, you know, they may need to be taught how to have appropriate reactions. Exactly. Because they may have never been taught or even had a stable environment where they could learn from others in the past. Well, I mean, there's some dogs that are terrified of the human hand. I mean, that's just pitiful. And, you know, when you think about the times that dogs react in a way that we would consider aggressively, it's extraordinary to see how many of those are fear-based behaviors. I mean, it's really hard to find behaviors with dogs that don't have a brain tumor that aren't motivated in some way by, by fear, and certainly, you know, resource guarding or being aggressive about about holding onto your food is a fear-based behavior. You know, they're scared you're going to take it away. They don't see us as providers. Sometimes they see us as a threat. And I think that's a human problem. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really look at this, and I, I hopefully you agree on this, that, you know, it, when you bring an animal into your household, into your life, into your family, you know, they become part of that family. And everybody has to learn the personalities of each other and understand what that relationship's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. And then once you figure that out and uh, set some little bit of ground rules, I think that you can have a great relationship with, uh, with any animal out there. And it's so worth it so worth it to strive for that great relationship so you get that unconditional love and you get a great friend and partner and uh, as i as i call my uh, animals more like my kids yeah, absolutely and you know how you treat your animals has a lot to do with the way you treat the other people in your life also so i think it's good for us to practice kindness with every living thing in our lives that's right and the best way to learn that is to live a dog's life right absolutely <laughs> Now, Jennifer, if you had one thing that you'd like the readers to walk away from after reading In a Dog's Heart, what would you like to have the readers walk away with? That dogs deserve respect, but not just in that we human beings are responsible for dogs and not just our own dogs. We're responsible for the whole species, and they deserve to be treated well. And if you do that, then like you said, you're going to treat others well, other humans well, and, and then what you get back in return is going to be uh, more than you've ever imagined. Absolutely. I'll talk a little bit about your organization. Uh, you're the founder and executive director of Canine Assistance. And for the listeners that don't know about Canine Assistance, tell us a little bit more about uh, the group and, and what the work is that you guys do. Well, Canine Assistance is a service dog training school. We work with people who have difficulty with mobility, maybe use wheelchairs or need help with balance. And we also work and have become kind of a, a specialist in uh, seizure response dogs, dogs that work with people who have epilepsy. And we, you know, we have a, a fairly different approach to teaching our animals. And it, it's an approach that, you know, we've developed over the years. Uh, but we, we feel like these dogs are such heroes 
to their human partners, and we want to be sure that they are treated well and kindly and that they're not, you know, that we don't use um, scary techniques to get them to do what we want them to do. But we kind of come at it from the other direction and say, we want to show you what awesome to do and what you get rewarded for doing. And pretty soon, the external reward can go away because just the memory of having done that is positive enough. In the process of uh, having one of the dogs, you know, it's not just a matter of somebody fills out an application and voila, a golden retriever lands on their doorstep the next day. <laughs> you guys go through a really detailed process to make sure there's a good fit, not only for the, the human, but also for the dog as well. Well, it takes us about 18 months to raise each dog. We don't use puppy raisers here, although I think puppy raisers are fantastic human beings. We worry about, you know, sort of the emotional stress on the dog and on the family having to be separated, you know, after they've been raised in a particular home. So our dogs all grow up on the farm and we have local volunteers that acclimate them to home environments. And so they go through about an 18-month process. Our recipients on the other side, you know, fill out an application and then every application is evaluated and given a numerical ranking based on how much a dog can do to help physically, socially, and emotionally, and how appropriate the placement is for a dog. So it's not first come, first serve. And once a person makes it to the top of the waiting list, there is no charge at all, and you really can't buy a dog. Because when we get really scared about money, we start just letting people who could afford to pay come. So the deal is that we take responsibility for the funding part. Uh, And when you make it to the top of the waiting list, you come to a two-week training camp in gorgeous Milton, Georgia, north of Atlanta, and you find your dog, and then we spend time helping you learn how to to work with your dog. And then it's sort of an ongoing process after that, from my understanding. You uh, not only when the, the dog, there's the right fit and the dog goes home, we want to make sure that there's still a good fit in that home environment. Absolutely. You know, we stay in touch there and we feel very strongly that, you know, the dogs deserve the best possible care. So if a family cannot afford to to provide adequate food or veterinary care, we will do food, vet care and recurrent training for the life of the dog. Wow, that's fantastic. And to date, approximately how many dogs have you placed with uh, with needy people? We have over 1,100 that are out working and 126 currently in training. That's fantastic. So that's great, great work. So congratulations on all your great efforts there as well. Thank you. It's a nonprofit organization, Canine Assistance. Tell people how they can find out more about the program and how they can help out. We can either like us on Facebook. The page is just Canine Assistance or our website is canineassistance.org. So it's canineassistance.org or like us on Facebook, which is Canine Assistance, and we'll post all this on air as well. And I encourage people to, to reach out and help out any way you can. This is a great organization doing great work helping people that uh, definitely need it and finding great animals to uh, fulfill their needs and their heart connections as well. Thank you. The new book is In a Dog's Heart, uh, What Our Dogs Need, Want, and Deserve, and the Gifts We Can Expect in return. Where can listeners find out more about the book and find out a little bit more about you, Jennifer Arnold? The information will be on the Canine Assistance Facebook page and on the website. 
So everybody check that out. Get a copy of the book. Uh, you'll be uh, you'll be pleasantly thrilled with having the book. Great techniques in here. Great insights through all of uh, Jennifer's uh, hard work and years of experience as well as some uh, wonderful stories to tie it all together. So it's another great book that you put together and congratulations on uh, having it out there and, and good luck with everything. Well, that's a true compliment because I loved wagging tails. So for you to say nice things means a lot. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Well, we're all out here trying to help those beautiful animals out and uh, everything we can do is uh, going to be a positive in return. I'm with you. <laughs> so once again, thanks to uh, Jennifer Arnold for being on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio today. We're coming to the end of the show, but I'd like to thank the listeners for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank Jennifer Arnold once again. Everybody go out and pick up a copy of the book, In a Dog's Heart. It's available in all major retailers and online, so you'll be uh, pleased that you did. Thanks to our sponsors and producers for putting on a wonderful show and making this all possible. We really, really appreciate that. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests I've interviewed and all the wonderful shows and all the wonderful work we do, you can visit the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. That's at PetLifeRadio.com. Download this episode and all of the other episodes. And while you're there, listen to some of the other wonderful shows and hosts that we have on Pet Life Radio. It's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. That's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer any questions you have, entertain any comments you have, any ideas for the show, and any guests you want to see on the show. We'll do our very best to get them on here. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life and share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.